I invite you to bow your heads and pray together with me. Lord God, I pray that the words I'm about to speak and the thoughts that we think as together we meditate on your word for us this morning, Lord, I pray that that would all be truly acceptable in your, sky, your sight, O oh God, who is indeed our rock and our redeemer. Amen. So as I said at the beginning of the service, we are in the third week of this series that we are calling Mirror, Mirror. And of course, we kind of got the title back from that old uh, Disney animated movie, Snow White. By the way, do you know what year Snow White came out? 1937. Isn't that amazing? That many years ago. But uh, so Snow White tells this story of this evil queen who every day walks past her magic mirror and says, mirror, mirror on the wall, who's the fairest of them all? And of course, the mirror always answers why you are my queen until the day it doesn't. Until that one day when it says, no, it's not you anymore. There's a new fairest of them all and it's Snow White. And of course, that kind of changes her life. What happened was the mirror told the truth. And, and so we're talking about that. We're talking about this idea that when we look in the mirror, if we are honest, if we let the mirror tell us the truth, we find out some things about ourselves that we may not like so much. In the first week of the series, we looked at that idea that when we look in the mirror, we see a sinner. And yet, God has a different reality. When God looks at us through the blood of Jesus Christ, he sees a saint. Last week, we looked at this idea that when we look in the mirror, we look at our past, and we see some things that we may not like. We, we see some things we may regret, some things we may wish had never happened. And yet, when God looks at us, he doesn't see our past. Instead, he sees a beautiful future that he has planned for us and for our lives. Now, this week, we're at this idea that when we look in the mirror, what we see is kind of a mess, or I love as our artist on the mirror today has declared, it's even worse than a mess. Sometimes it's a disaster, right? But what does God see? Well, we're going to take a look at that together. But first, you guys know I used to be a teacher. I got a quiz for you, okay? And uh, here's how this is going to go. Uh, I don't want you to answer out loud. I just want you to answer quietly to yourself. I'm going to put a number of statements up there. And I want you to say whether, one, you strongly agree with that statement. Two, you kind of agree with that statement. Three, you're, you're not sure either way. Uh, four, you disagree with that statement. Or five, you strongly disagree with that statement. Okay, one to five. Uh, think your answer in your head. Uh, no uh, spouses giving your spouse their answer for them or anything like that, okay? Just kind of think this through. Don't say it out loud. Think of a number for each one of these. Okay, here's the first statement. Do you agree with the statement or not agree with the statement? I'm in great physical shape. Now, I don't mean me. I mean you. Think about yourself, all right? All right, so think for a minute. As you think about yourself, would you agree with that? Would you say, yeah, one, I, I strongly agree with that. I'm in great physical shape. Or would you say, eh, maybe it's a two or three or maybe it's a four. Maybe you're like, man, I'm falling apart. I, I don't agree with that at all, five, okay? So our, I'm in great physical shape. Think about that for a minute, okay? What number would you give yourself? All right, here's the next one. Financially, I'm where I want to be. What would you give yourself? Would you give yourself a one, a two, a three, a four, or a five? How about this one? Here's the third one. My career is right on track. Would you give yourself on that one? One, two, three, four, five. Just think about a number. How about you're going, okay, this is all kind of worldly stuff, Mark. What about stuff that really matters? How about my relationships are wonderful? Strongly agree with that? Kind of agree with that? 
Maybe not so much agree with that. Maybe your relationships are a mess, number five. How about your relationship with God? My prayer life is amazing. What number would you give yourself for that? One, two, three, four, or five. My prayer life is amazing. And finally, one last one, especially as you were looking in the mirror this morning, I'm looking real good. <laughs> what would you give yourself for that one? Now, again, I don't want you to actually say any numbers out loud or anything like that or give yourself an average score or anything like that, but I would like to see a show of hands. How many of you had at least one where it was a four or a five? How many of you had, yeah, I mean, I think we'd all say that, right? If we're honest, when we look in the mirror, when we think about these different areas of our life, things like our finances, our, our career, our, our relationships, um, when, we, when we look at our health, it, it, as, we, as we look at those things of our life, if we're going to give ourselves a rating in all those areas of our life, there's probably some of those, maybe even a lot of those, where we're, we're going to be honest and say, you know what, my life's kind of a mess. This isn't really what I planned for. It isn't really what I hoped for. It's not going exactly the way I would like. And yeah, there may even be a disaster or two mixed in to that mess in our lives. Well, maybe we've got that credit card debt that we just can't seem to get rid of. Maybe the career just seems to have taken a left turn and we don't know exactly uh, where that's all going to end. Maybe our relationships, there's a few of those relationships that are just falling apart. Maybe our physical health isn't anywhere close to where we'd like it to be. Whatever that is, if we're honest, when we look at ourselves, when we look at all these different areas of our lives, there's some messes there, aren't there? Now, the world's solution is you can fix that yourself. That's what the world teaches us. The world teaches us to take an honest look at our lives and take those areas of our lives that are broken or not working and, and do something about it, be act about it. The world teaches you, you can fix that yourself. You can get those credit cards paid off. You can get your career back on track with some new education or a new direction for your career. Uh, you, can, you can work hard on your physical health, join a health club, uh, be serious about what you eat. You can lose the weight. You can get better. The world teaches you that you can help yourself. By the way, I did a little search for self-help and noticed there are self-help groups you can join. There's something not quite right about that. And, and in fact, I would argue that when you watch television or when you listen to the radio, most of the ads and the commercials that you are bombarded with are really all about helping you understand that, yes, there is a mess in your life, but buying this particular product will fix it. I mean, seriously, think about that. The next time you watch something, whether you sit down to watch maybe the Cub game this afternoon or whether, whether you sit down to watch some TV this evening, whatever it is, watch the commercials for a minute and critically look at each commercial and go, what are they telling me is wrong in my life and what are they trying to sell me to fix that? Because the reality is, that's what the world has to say to us. That if you have a problem, if there's a mess in your life, it's fixable and you can handle it. You can fix it. But we all know that's not ultimately true. Oh, we may get a little bit better. 
You know, you may go on that diet and lose a little bit of weight. You, uh, you may uh, sit down and plan out some new steps for your career and, and maybe get a little continuing education and seem to get things back on track. You may sit down and make a plan and begin to pay off the credit card debt. Whatever it is, whatever that mess is, you may see some success for a while, but inevitably, there's going to be a setback. It always happens. Eventually, something's going to trip you up. Something's going to go wrong you didn't anticipate. You're going to have a moment of weakness. Whatever it is, we can try as hard as we want to fix the messes in our lives. And we may make a little bit of progress. But eventually, if we try to do it ourselves, we're going to fail. So this morning, it's so important that we take a look at this simple and yet, I would say, incredibly profound verse from God's word that helps us understand that God has a different perspective on our lives. Now, I I want to, we heard these read earlier in the service, but I'd like us to read this one verse all together. Would you do that with me, please? Let's, Let's read together. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Now, I want to look at a couple aspects of this verse together with you three, uh, to be honest. And the first one is this idea that it says that we are his, God's workmanship for good works. We are God's workmanship for good works. Now, now before I unpack that too much, I have a question for you. Who likes poetry? Do you like poetry? I, I got to be honest with you. I'm not a big poetry guy. You know, you know what my level of poetry is? I love limericks. You know, okay, that, now that kind of poetry I can handle. In fact, I want to share with you my favorite limerick of all time. Are you ready? This is my absolute favorite limerick of all time. Here it is. There once was a girl from Peru whose limerick stopped at line two. I love that limerick. It's, it's like my favorite limerick. And, and my second favorite limerick is kind of related. It's kind of the sequel. It's, there once was a man from Verdun. Some of you get that. If you don't get it, see me after the service. I'll help you out, okay? Uh, but, uh, but, but recently I found a new limerick that I'd never seen before, and it may be contending for my favorite. Look at this one. This limerick goes in reverse. Unless I'm remiss, the neat thing is this. If you start from the bottommost verse, this limerick's not any worse. Go ahead, try it. Start at the bottom. Go up. Yeah, see, it kind of still works, doesn't it? That's kind of amazing. Yeah. Yeah, so, uh, so you know, like, I, I'm not a big poetry guy, but, but I, I've been kind of kidding around. There actually is a, another kind of poetry I kind of like. Do you guys know what a haiku is? It's this short little poem, and it doesn't necessarily rhyme. In fact, most of the good ones don't, but there's a rhythm to it, and it creates a beautiful picture in your mind. Here's, here's one I found. Points of light on black, glowing ball of bright full moon, whoosh, a shooting star. Isn't that beautiful? It just creates this incredible picture in your mind. Now, I, I, gotta be, I gotta be honest, I really have a high degree of appreciation for people who can write poetry. B- because they, they seem to be able to sit down and they can just, you know, they can take words and make them work together and fit together to create these beautiful images or pictures or to draw emotions out from us. You know, they can bring you to tears, they can, they can make you laugh, and they do it by carefully selecting and crafting every single word. And, and they work and work and work and work until they get it just perfect. 
Now, now, why am I talking about poetry with you this morning? Well, let's go back to this verse from Ephesians where it says that we are God's workmanship. Some translations say masterpiece, but literally the underlying word there in the original language is the word for poem. Think about that for a minute. For we are God's poem. You are God's poem. That means when God made you the person that you are, God didn't just throw something together. In fact, God, like a master poet, sat down and carefully and with great craft and skill selected that you would be the exact person that you are. Just like a poet chooses exactly the right words and exactly the right rhythm to make it all fit together to make this beautiful thing, God did the same thing when he created you. He chose your personality. He he chose what you were going to look like. He chose all kinds of things about you, and he molded and shaped it all together so it would make this perfect poem, this masterpiece. That's what the psalmist was talking about in Psalm 139 that we heard read earlier in the service. Look again at some of those words. The, the psalmist wrote, For you formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it full well. Do you believe that about yourself? That you are fearfully, in other words, carefully and wonderfully made to be the person that you are by a loving, all-powerful, all-knowing God. Isn't that incredible? And, and, And that God... Has, has not only created you, but then it says he created you in Christ Jesus. Because you and I know that we took this perfect life that God gave us, this perfect poem, this masterpiece that he put together, and we haven't always lived up to that, have we? We haven't always done the things that God planned for us to do, the good works he wanted us to do. We, we have taken our lives and we've made some messes, and the sinful world we live in has caused us to be less than we wanted, me, than we wanted to be. But we are created not only by God when he formed us, but we are created in Christ Jesus. In other words, it's acknowledging the fact that when Jesus gave his life on the cross for you and for me, what he was doing was he was giving us our life back. He was recreating us to be again the perfect people he called us to be. That's why in week one we talked about the fact that we might see a sinner, but God sees a saint. Or we might see our broken past and God sees an incredible future. We are created anew in Christ Jesus. We've been given back that perfect poem, that masterpiece, that perfect life that God had planned for us. And then all we have to do then, we're told, is all we have to do is walk in that life. Now, I love the end of that verse because it doesn't say, you know, we are God's workmanship, God's poem created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand, and now all you have to do is go run a marathon. Because I couldn't do that, right? A few of my friends here at Trinity are actually uh, participating with World Vision to run the Chicago Marathon to raise money for uh, clean water around the world. You've probably heard or seen some of that. You know what they had to do this week to get ready for it on, on Friday or Saturday? They had to run 20 miles. Like, you go. <laughs> I'm not. You do. Yeah, that's good for you. 
But, but that's not what God says we have to do. It's not as if now, okay, now we have to do our part and we have to work really hard to, to, to live out this perfect life. In fact, the, the reality is God says, here's all you got to do, just walk in it. In other words, what he's saying is each day, each morning, when we get out of bed, it's a new chance to simply follow the path that God has for our life, to simply live in this new incredible life that God has given us. That's all we have to do. And, and some change in our life happens really quickly. Do you remember Superman in the old comics or TV show when he had to change from his alter ego Clark Kent in the suit into Superman in his flying suit? All he'd do is he'd just find a phone booth, jump in, spin around real fast, boom, come out, and he was all changed. It was incredible. Um, by the way, I don't know what he'd do today because there's no phone booths around, right? But, uh, but, but some change does happen quickly in our lives. Let me share a true story with you. One, a good friend of mine struggled with alcoholism in his life, and it had ruined his relationship with his wife. It had separated him from his kids. It had, it was, it had ruined one career and was about to ruin a second career. And uh, he shared with me that one night he was in this rundown old motel, and, he, and, and he, he, he just was at the end of his wits, and he, it's like he wanted to kill himself. It's like he was just done. And, and so what he did is he just got down on his knees by, by that bed with a threadbare cover on it, and he just said, God, I can't fix this. I, I can't. I, I've made a mess of my life, and, and I've tried to fix it, and I just can't. Only you can. Please help me. And he said he felt like in that moment there was this weight that just got lifted from him. And he crawled into that bed and he slept like a rock for the first time in months. And he woke up the next day and he's never taken a single drink since. God just did that. God just did this miracle in his life. Sometimes God brings change into our lives. He takes our mess and he changes it just like that. But other times, it takes a lot longer. Any of you ever do like some major reconstruction at your house? That went exactly like they, the contractor said, right? It, it, it actually took less time than they planned, right? It doesn't work that way, does it? Sometimes it takes a lot longer for God to work that change in our lives, and only he knows why he lets that happen. But, but some change comes quickly. Some change takes a while. And honestly, some change is not going to happen until we get to heaven. But God's promise is, in heaven, we will be exactly the person he planned for us to be. God's promise is, in heaven, all the mess will be gone. And as Revelation says, there will be no more crying or no more tears, no more struggles, no more messes. That day is going to come in your life and in mine. But right now... Our job is to just take each day one at a time and just walk in it. Just put one foot in front of the other and, and be the masterpiece that God has created us to be. You know, I love that image that when I look in the mirror, I see a mess but God sees a work in progress. Or, or I, I like, let's use our word here that, uh, that our artist put on the mirror for us this week. When I look in the mirror, I see a disaster. But God sees a work in progress, or maybe a better way to put it is, God sees a beautiful masterpiece. 
an incredible poem that God has written, an incredible gift that God has given us. And so here's your job today. Love yourself the way God loves you. See yourself the way God sees you. And take today as a new chance, a new start, to simply walk in the life that he's given you. It's an incredible blessing that, that God sees us differently than we see ourselves, and his reality is the one that really matters. I want to end the message today by showing you guys a little video that, that doesn't say anything new than what we've already been saying, but it gives you a chance to just think about this one last time from a little different perspective. Let's watch this. I'm a